I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by the supporters of patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac. And if you enjoy this podcast, you should consider becoming a supporter of patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac. This will not be the last time you hear the phrase patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac in this podcast. Enjoy! Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 26 of Falling Forward with Dan Lissac. Uh, it's very rainy outside. Uh, so if you can hear that, it, that's what that noise is. It's going to be a long intro today because I got a lot I want to say. Um, so probably skip, jump in fifteen minutes or so if you don't want to hear the intro. Uh, I think that's probably where it'll be. Oh, and heads up, this one's super explicit. We use all the different swears uh, in various different forms. So yeah, no kids. I hate children anyway, so they shouldn't be listening. If you're a child listening to this, I hate you. Um, I recorded this episode a a few weeks ago, but I deliberately waited to record the uh, intro till after the election because it felt like it'd be a bit weird to leave it unacknowledged. But do you know what? Do any of us really want to talk about that right now? In my head, there was there's like a speech I want to give, but. It's just going to be me preaching and essentially saying, don't be a dick. You know, if you're happy today winning and getting Berksick done, you don't need to be callous and mean to the people who maybe wanted it to go a different way. And uh, if you wanted it to go a different way, you don't need to be shouting and calling people racists because they wanted something different to you. Unless they are actually racists. If, if they are in the moment doing something like super racist, then yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, call them a racist. Maybe, maybe find the authorities. That's, that's your choice there. But we're all humans. We all have the same basic needs. And, and maybe we have a fucked up political system that doesn't strictly work for the majority of people. And maybe the way the media works is shady as fuck. These are things that we're going to have to deal with as a society. But there's 60 million of us. There's going to be people who are happy. There's going to be people who are sad. And there's going to be people who don't care. And getting angry at each other isn't going to help us move forward. Isn't going to help us change the situation for the better. 
Is that that's preachy? That's well preachy. Not very articulate though. But I'm not that articulate a person, which is really good skill to have as a podcaster. Anyway, I could have actually talked for about 40 minutes then, but that's that's not. Hey, let's have a nice time with uh, our guest this week, who's a woman called Andrea Iello. And uh, yeah, you don't know her, but you do know her. She's Andy, the one I mentioned, my lady mate, my uh, cohort, my accomplice in life. Um, But why is she on Falling Forward with Dan Lassac? Well, because I wanted to do like a bit of an end of year review. And it just made sense to not just be me sitting there talking to myself. That would have been, I, that felt weird. This feels weird right now when I'm recording the intro. Um, but Andrea's listened to every episode. She gets to hear it before you. So she gets to double check that I've not said something like awful. And uh, she also helps me with like, sometimes the pacing might not be great. Or sometimes a, a bit of a conversation doesn't need to be there. And she'll just highlight those for me. So she's like the editor of the podcast. She's also basically the only reason I get out of bed any day of my life. Um, Not for like emotional reasons. Of course I love her, but she phones me to wake me up most days. So uh, that's, that's that. And yes, of course, she's the sunlight in the sky of my life. Yeah, see... The real reason I got her on was just because I wanted to get her stories about, you know, knocking about with NSYNC and piercing um, vanilla ice out in the world. And this was the only way I could think to trick her into coming on. But the good thing is I don't have to, like, go tell you to go promote stuff and all that on their, her behalf. She doesn't care. She just tweets pictures of her cat. Uh, that's Dave. You get to meet Dave as well. He's a delight. You'll hear his tiny little voice. He's a massive cat, but he'll just go, meow. Tiny, tiny voice and petite feet. Uh, it was really nice to sit down and just have a bit of a natter about the podcast because I, I didn't realise how much it had changed my perspective on things, you know? Like, I'm being way more creative this last year. I've made more strives to making music and just making things and I'm sure it's because of the podcast it's because I'm getting to meet people who are out there doing things and I'm like well I want to be doing things and and maybe I don't get to do them in in as big a way as I'd like you know I'd like to be able to do live gigs again and stuff but there isn't a promoter out there who will uh, touch me with a barge pole well no they will touch me with a barge pole but that's not what I want. I want to stand on a stage and play music again. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I make really left-field, ambient music, and there's not exactly very many places to take that and play. If I lived in Berlin, I'd be gigging every other day. But I don't. I live in Reading. I digressed there again. But, no, it was really nice to get into it. And it's really cool to get somebody else's perspective on things the important thing what i was trying to get to there was the podcast only really exists because enough of you listen to it and hit me up and enjoy it and stuff i I don't need like millions of downloads or anything to keep doing it just knowing that there is 
a few people out there who once a fortnight on a Tuesday are opening it up and going, oh, that was interesting. Oh, that was good. It makes it worth it for me. So thank you. Like, genuinely. Genuinely thank you. It means a lot. And everything I do at this point in my life relies on the audience. Like, I only get to do the next EP because enough of you were into the last EP. I only get to do the podcast because enough of you dig the podcast, you know? I'm eternally grateful for the fact that I'm not working in McDonald's like I was when I was 16. And the only reason I'm not working in McDonald's is A, well, I'd probably work in HMV. I have experience. <laughs> and B, that you lot do all this kind support, whether it be retweets or whatever, or give me hard, cold cash on Patreon. Talking of Patreon, I'm going to bring in like a Patreon question of the week each week, even though it's not weekly, it's fortnightly, but you know what I mean, you know what I mean. But as we're having a bit of an end of year thing and talking about all the podcasts we've done, um, if you haven't gone back and checked the older ones, uh, there's loads of good ones. We've got Chiptune Chipsel. Uh, we've got Philosophy Man, Philosophy Tube, uh, Game Dev Mike Bithel, uh, Electronic Pioneer from Fuck Buttons, Andrew Hung, who I'm going to see uh, all tonight, technically, e even though not my tonight, tonight as you're hearing this, uh, in that London at the Seabright Arms. I'll see you there, guys. Um, but yeah, I got to meet a huge amount of people, and then I lost my thread of what I was saying. Completely lost my thread. Oh, I was talking about Patreon. Patreon question of the week. That's right. And then I got distracted by saying about the old ones. Oh, this is going to be a long intro, guys. I knew this was going to be a long intro. But yeah, if you want to help Patreon get over 50, we're on 48 at the moment. So if you want to help that, you know where to go. But this is what they asked. <sighs> uh, William asks, if you're a shark... What kind of shark would you be, and why? He'd be a hammerhead shark. Uh, I'd be a hammerhead shark too, William, but just so we could hang out together. I don't know what sharks are like about hanging out. You know, like, do basking sharks hang out with other sharks? Uh, so, yeah, I'd hammerhead, and you could teach me the ways of hammerheadness. And I'd have a head shaped like a hammer, so I'd be into that. Sean asks, Do you have a songwriting process? Or is it a kind of experiment until something jumps out of you kind of vibe? Because I have no musical training other than knowing what knobs to twist. Yeah, it's all experimental. I just knock about, fuck about until some notes that I like fall in the order I like. And then I do the same on other things with drums and such until I've got a big pile of things I enjoy. So it's like Lego, basically. Gonzo asks, if you had to cook a meal to impress someone, what would you cook? I'd cook salad, because you don't cook salad. So being the person who can cook salad would be very impressive. And Joel asks, if you could steal one artist's ability to play one instrument, who would it be? What instrument and why? Do you know what? It wouldn't be an instrument. It wouldn't be an instrument. It will be um, the ability to write words 
and lyrics and then sing those lyrics. So like I'd steal John Cooper Clark, Scroobius Pip, Tom York, uh, Ian Curtis, any of those people's ability to write words down and then sing those words. Does that count? Does that answer your question? So yeah, that's the thing. That won't take as long next time, obviously. If you're new to the podcast, then yeah, sorry. Uh, that's This is how this works. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I, I really picked up Andrea enough in this intro. Let's just say the last five years of my life have been a true delight. And um, I don't know that I would be A, happy, or B, around if I had no matter. And I, I don't mean around as in like I would have killed myself or anything. I just mean... I, I think the antisocial Dan that doesn't open his curtains would still be living in my brain. And uh, yeah, that guy's a prick. But I'll get on with it. This is me and Andrea Aiello a couple of weeks ago just chatting stuff. She's not related to Danny Aiello either. Uh, and it was very sad that he passed. Anyway, enjoy. That was That was a really awkward intro. Dan from the edit again. Forgot to say, I'm going to take a little break over Christmas. We're not going to have a podcast on, I think it would come out on New Year's Day. We're going to take that off. And then I'm going to be recording the next batch early January. So hopefully we'll be back sort of mid-January. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled to the Twitters and all that. Have a lovely Christmas break. I say it again at the end, but you know, have a lovely, lovely time. Hope you get cool gifts and stuff enjoy your family hold them close um and i'll see you when we get back anyway crack on i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along, and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The music on this podcast can be found at danlesac.bandcamp.com. And if you were to purchase some of the ambient twerks or trip-hop bangers from danlesac.bandcamp.com, you'd be directly supporting this podcast. Enjoy. Evolution. The TV. We've started this. You, <laughs> you've heard the podcast. Okay. Yes. You've heard every episode. You, you know how they start. everything out. It's just going to be no. me singing Petite Feet. That's it. Yeah. Over and over again for three hours. Yes. So who are you? <laughs> Isn't that the eternal question? <laughs> it is. My name is Andrea Aiello. I've been on this glorious earth <laughs> for 44 <laughs> years. Um, I have a snaggletooth cat. You these are, these are some of my highlights of me. Yeah. I have a snaggletooth cat who weighs 21 pounds named Dave. His name is Dave. His name is Dave. He's chilling on his cat condo that he's too big for. Far too big for. Um, I'm a mom. Mum. So that's that's why you're creative. Oh. You created another human. I did. I'm trying to think. Like, I did. A lot of people on here have, have created other humans. Yes. I don't see it as a creative venture. No. However, no. You didn't put a lot of work in the planning phase. Actually, I did. He was a planned child. Wow. I know. That's rare. Regrets. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love my child. Yeah. Um, but you know, Damien, he'll be 17 in like two weeks. You're old. I know. You're old. I am. So... Yeah. We were going to talk about the podcast, weren't we? Yes. Because you had to listen to every single one of them. Well, I guess that rounds out my... I work in Bethesda. Um, technically, and I use air quotes, hard air quotes, CFO of a custom integration firm. Ooh. Oh, integrating what? Integrating... Tellies. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit in people Bullshit with more in, money than sense houses. In rich people's homes. Yeah. Um, so, you were pretty democratic there. Yes. In case anyone hears it. No. Uh, yeah. What ifs. <laughs> what ifs. But I live 38 miles away from work. And on average, it takes me an hour and a half each way to commute to and from work. You should get the train. There is no train here. So, yeah, the hour and a half is not so bad, but that's when I have the time to listen to all the podcasts. And you give me notes. And I give and you stuff. notes. You make sure I don't get cancelled. So you're the yes. editor. What? I suppose. Are you um, executive producer of this podcast? <laughs> no. No. You could be. I could be. If you paid me. I pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, don't don't worry about that. Don't mm. don't think about what she just said. Mm. But yeah, I've listened to all of them. Some of them I've listened to a couple times because I enjoyed them so greatly. Really? Sometimes I listen to three quarters of one <laughs> because and then just get bored. Because it may just not be in my <clears throat> wheelhouse of interests. Great. <laughs> it's good to find out now. I tell you. Yeah, whatever. I never really listened to podcasts before I listened to yours, so... So you've got no expertise to do a year-end review No, I've listened to yours. I'm not talking about comparing yours to other podcasts. Really, though? Oh, it's the best. That's better. (laughs) It's the best. You really got to sell it. 
It you is. Hype it up. It I, is. I need a quote, you, you know? You know, I do the little quote video on Instagram. Oh, God. There's... No. You know, there needs to be a point where you're saying, you know what, what truly, well, like, I thought meeting you changed my life, but hearing your podcast truly mm-hmm. changed my life on a fundamental level. That's the kind of quote we're looking for. All right, so what was... Yeah. What's your favorite one? Danny Wallace, hands down. Why? I just, like... Giggle, just his general, his way of speaking, his sense of humor. It just really made me feel good and happy. His sense of humor, just sarcastic, but light enough Mm. that it's, you know, obviously I'm a big comedy fan, you know this. But yeah, I just like his general way of being. And it's super interesting just how... You know, as he was talking, it made me think about things in my life, about saying yes, like meeting you on Instagram and saying yes to texting you and then saying yes to meeting you in New York. I don't know if you know, but I told these guys we met um, working for the Peace Corps. Um, (laughs) So on the Peace Corps Instagram. Yeah, Yeah. just not. The Peace of Ass Corps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I say swears. Apologizing to you. I don't know. Don't <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> you know, it's what I do. Um, but yeah, just you know, the little things that he was saying, that things that you have said yes to, which may not be the brightest things, but giving it the opportunity to see where it goes. I thought that was pretty cool, and it made me think about me, which mm. makes me think. I'm not a narcissist, but I do like thinking about my life sometimes. But I think I think that's what, um, like, no matter how interesting and different, like, uh, a podcast is about somebody else's life, it's always going to reflect on you. Like, the reason you find something interesting is because you can see parallels with your own life and interests. Right, you know? which probably is why, like, some of the more technical podcasts that you have were probably a little less interesting to me just because i couldn't i don't sorry um just just talk over me (laughs) 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 but yeah just i don't know i i can't see anything familiar Mm. in it and i do have a tendency to tune out so i think if this podcast was only music focused it would just be, not just be technical, but it would definitely get into the techniques a lot more. And although I don't mind having those conversations, at the same time, it's kind of, um, it's so specific. You know, having a technical conversation with Kerry Dyer Mm. about animation, I think, was something that most people wouldn't know so it was interesting I actually enjoyed that but Mm. then again like I've been an avid kid robot dunny money Mm. urban vinyl custom toy fan for decades you Mm. know so just hearing I guess the more technical process but it's something that I enjoy yeah you know whereas like with music it's, I definitely like to hear less of the technical of how you create a sound, mm. but what caused you to want to create that sound. The why rather than the how. The how. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something I've, I'm aware of when talking to people that the why is the bit that the most people listening, you know, 
We've got a forklift truck driver listening, haven't we? You know who I'm talking to. Drive safely with your forklift. <laughs> They're not out in the world just bowling around. But you still have to drive around a warehouse. You have to... But you, yeah, we've got like a diverse audience. It just makes me think of aliens. <laughs> forklift. Think... <laughs> Sigourney Weaver with her love. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. Oh, look at you. That was pure Sigourney Weaver there. You, you really <laughs> channeled it. You could actually say there's a special guest appearance by yeah, Sigourney we could, Weaver. We could definitely. It was and very this holiday extravaganza podcast. Oh, it should be an extravaganza. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you, you missed the performance by Prince. Yes. Um, <laughs> but only ghosts could hear it. So, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. he's dead. He is. Poor yes, guy. I know. With this little... Poor little guy. He's making making music somewhere in his little purple bedazzled high heels. Were they bedazzled or bejeweled? Mm-hmm. Both. Okay. Both. That's many layers. Many layers of decoration. But, um, yeah. Danny, <laughs> <laughs> Danny Wallace was my favorite. But I'm going to have to turn the sounds of your stomach up. It's like the Predator. <laughs> There's a special guest by the Predator. We've got so many guests yes. on, on this end of year review. Yes. Um, I don't know if this is an end of year review. It's just us two talking about the podcast. Yeah. You know, I think um, I don't actually talk about it a lot. I just do them, record them and put them up. You didn't do any research for this one. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. We've known each other five years. We've mm-hmm. been in a relationship for five years. <laughs> Yes. It'd be really odd if I was like googling you now, just to find out she did what. No, there's nothing on me. I've flown under the radar. Even though I feel like I've done a lot in my life, I don't think a lot of it's on the internet. Which is you've touched good. Vanilla Ice's face. I did. I removed a chunk of his flesh and replaced it with metal. You penetrated him. I penetrated him. Yes, but not during his big. You know. His big stage. It was when he tried to become body count, but Vanilla yeah. Ice, the the hardcore. So, hip-hop. listeners, if you remember when uh, Vanilla Ice got his lip pierced, when he had his librette, his librette pierced, yes, done. Uh, this lady right here, me, put that hole in his face. Yes, Robert Van Winkle, and um, he was there. I think he was playing the night. Yeah, he was playing the nine thirty club. I like the idea that. There are people who don't know that Vanilla Rice's name is Robert Van Winkle. Oh, yeah. So they think that that's just a turn of phrase that you use to say yes. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, 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 Robert Van Winkle. Mm. I, but I, I specifically remembered walking into back into the tattoo shop because I'd just gotten dinner. And he was there. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Vanilla Ice. And his publicist or handler or somebody was there. And they were like, so... He would like to get his librette pierced. So I was like, awesome. And then I was like, it's $60, depending on the jewelry, you know, you pick. And she was offended that I was <laughs> like saying that I was going to charge the money. Well, we could go elsewhere. I was cool. like, all right, then I'll eat my dinner. <laughs> and he was actually really nice. Yeah. He was super nice. Um, he didn't, he want, he didn't understand the swelling that happens after a, pier- uh, a piercing. So he wanted like a really fitted 
one, but because they do look a little goofy right off the bat. Yeah, like day one, they look silly. Because they're so long, because you have to allow for swelling and you don't know exactly how much they're going to swell. And I'd much rather him look goofy than have this piercing become mm. embedded and get sued. Mm. So, but he was really super nice. Um, he basically told his publisher slash handler to wait outside and um, he was fine. And then he tipped me. With two tickets. Oh, yeah. To his show that night, mm. which I promptly gave to someone else. So I didn't actually go I know, to the show. I know you're a, a listener, Mr. Van Winkle, but yeah, she, she didn't want to come. Oh, we also Sorry, carded dude. him. So even though DC doesn't have, because the tattoo shop slash piercing shop is in um, Washington, DC. So there was no age restriction, but it was a very reputable shout. Um, so we require any, everyone mm. to obviously sign a release form, and we make copies of their <laughs> ideas. So yeah, we, we carded him, made a little... How old was he at this point? Oh gosh, I don't even remember. This was um, before Damien was born, so mm. we're going on 17 plus years ago. How do you um, how do you feel in the growth of tattooing in America? Because you're like covered. Yes, I you am. You know, you you have like one one fresh butt cheek, and that's it. Yeah, pretty it's much. The only only bit of canvas you have left. I think it's nice. I really don't give a shit what other people do. Mm. Um, I mean, I have just like anything. I have personal preferences. There's things that I, for me personally, I wouldn't do. Like, yes, I have. My ears tattooed. I have little hearts on the tops of my ears. I have the palm of my hand tattooed. I have the inside of my lip tattooed. But I would never want to get anything on my actual face mm. tattooed. To me, not just it. It just seems. And when I talk to people that have tattoos on their faces, it just that's what I look at, mm. and that's my issue. But I think for me personally, it would detract from. I don't know. I think face tattoos that aren't symmetrical bug me. Because mm. faces are symmetrical. And then you like whack like, I don't know, the word biggins above mm. above your <laughs> eyebrow. Okay, well, I've just decided <laughs> my, I am going to change my mind and get biggins. Biggins. Tattooed. Or okay. chitlins. Chitlins. I don't know what chitlins are, but don't tell me. They're don't like ruin pork it. pork cracklins. Ruined type. it. She ruined it. You heard me say, don't tell me. But that, that's the thing. Like... If someone wants to do that, mm. I'm not going to think you're a bad person. I'm not going to think anything of you. I just aesthetically... Judge you. <laughs> judge you, yes. It's just not something that I I like. Mm. So, But yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky in the way, too, that I've had... I've been gainfully employed for years and... In the industries that I've ended up in, you know, I am technically in the corporate world, mm. but I've had two bosses that give no shits. As long as I get my work done, and I, that's all they care about. So I'm very, very lucky in that way. And I suppose it will it will actually become more and more acceptable over time, as just more and more people end up with. Tattoos. Yeah, I mean, there's that, but, you know, at the same time, it is, you know, I think at the end of the day, a private corporation, 
this this is where it gets kind of weird. If they have a front-facing person, they may not want someone with a face tattoo. Yeah. And I kind of understand that. But they also may be missing out on someone that would just kill it, mm. you know, in that position. Um, I don't know. It's It's something that I definitely kind of go back and forth with. I don't even know if... How to? I um, can't talk <laughs> right now. I'm just overthinking it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, what happens on the podcast. Though you, you, I, you get yourself into little cul-de-sacs. I do it all the time with um, woke issues. Mm. Like I'll say a thing and then think that's the wind, guys. It's very windy here in Maryland. Maryland. Um, but yeah, I'll say a thing and then think. Am I going to get cancelled? Can I make that joke? Like, I think I'm overly aware Mm. sometimes, so I over-edit myself because of not wanting to offend someone. Yeah. But without taking into account this someone is imaginary and most people are sensible enough to know that I wasn't trying to, you know, insult the entire ginger race or whatever. (laughs) Well, that's just like me when, because you know, I am the biggest a Tribe Called Quest fan. You are. I'm a huge Tribe Called Quest fan. And they have like an awesome shirt and it has Ali Shaheed Muhammad, it has Fife Dog and it has Q-Tip on it. But it's, you know, actual pictures of them. And I'm just thinking like, okay, I'm a middle-aged <laughs> white woman. Are people going to think I'm being a dick by rocking around in this, you know, like, shirt with a tribe called well i know who the fuck they are i can name them i can badly rap (laughs) their songs they influenced my life as i was growing up so but it does cross my mind am i just gonna look like some dickhead you know suburban white lady like and we had this discussion driving up to pittsburgh like my love of language and puns Mm. and wordplay and just vocabulary, I kind of attribute to my love of a tribe called Quest because they were witty, they were, mm. you know, intelligent, and just spoke in a way that intrigued me. So I'd hear Q-Tip say a word, and I'd be like, what the fuck is that word? <laughs> I'd look it up, and then I'd want to use it in my everyday, I'd find a way to to work it in and um yeah so they've actually like really improved my life now you probably said like this bitch is kind of not speaking well (laughs) you know (laughs) but (laughs) it's a weird situation but when I have like serious conversations or when I write or Mm. whatever um I'm a little more eloquent 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 (laughs) I'm a little more eloquent um, when I have time to like sit down and think, or if I'm in a less of a staged. Oh, you call this stage? <laughs> wow! Conversation. Wow. She just called us fake listeners. No, I did not. Oh my god! I did not. So harsh, guys. So harsh. Okay, <laughs> so do you think? Obviously, you know your life's been changed by. By uh, a tribe called Quest. Yes, it has. What was the uh, life-changing moment you had listening to the podcast? Oh. Falling forward with Dana Sack. Oh, 
Um, there must have been one. I think it was listening to your first one because I was, this is so fucking sappy, but I was really proud of you. <laughs> Let's make out. <laughs> we just literally made both mics distort then. <laughs> it's our electric aura. Guys, I'll turn it down a little bit for you. Mm. But um, I think that was it, just because you'd been talking about it for a while, kind of, you know, going back and forth. And then when I actually heard you do it, it was just, um, it was nice. And it's also nice seeing you progress. Mm. Like, obviously, I'm like, ow, you little shit. <laughs> She's talking to Dave, not. <laughs> He's just nibbled me with his snaggle tooth. Um, but. Yeah, obviously with Mike Bethel being the first guest mm. and you were familiar and stuff like that. And then going out of your comfort zone um, Well, like, I knew it was going to be work, you know, having talked to Pip beforehand. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, guys, there's a, another podcaster, Scroobius Pip. I don't know if you've heard of him. Very, very niche. Um, I think he's had the Queen on and <laughs> all the members of Queen as well. Um, like me and him had talked about how much research to do and stuff and, and what to, to have a few sort of stock questions just, mm. you know, in case it goes dry, like direct people back to where they grew up or wherever, because everyone wants to talk about their childhood. Everyone wants to talk about where they live and all that. Yeah. So, but what I didn't realize was, um, and I'm still learning it now is like, it's a completely different kind of conversational pacing. Like, I'm not s saying that I listen with my mouth in normal conversation. Um, listening with your mouth is like just waiting for the other person to finish, if you didn't know, listeners, mm. uh, before you then just say your next thing. But, like, yeah, leaving room for the person to respond, that whole... I didn't realise how much I talk over people. Mm. Not talk over them, though, in a rude interrupty way but almost like an excitable they'll say something and it reminds you of yeah. something and you want to get it out of your head and out of your mouth before you forget it exactly, exactly. <laughs> because i do that all the time yeah but like so i didn't realize how much i knew i had a lot to learn but i didn't realize what it was i had to learn well i think it's on so many different levels because you're obviously talking to people about a creative level and then there's, you know, personal stuff. But then it's also you're having to deal with the variations of people just in general. The people that you have to, that, you know, are happy being silent. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Or if you ask them a direct question, they will answer that question. But they don't feel like they want to expound and, you know, go off on tangents and stuff like that. And then there's the people that, whoo, once you get that train rolling, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to make it stop. So I think it's just dealing with people, too. Mm. So take the create the creativity out of it. Take the, you know, deeply personal stories, and it's just the different flavors mm. of people, you know, and being able to adjust, not change who you are, but adjust your approach to be able to extract you know, the little gems and nuggets <clears throat> of interesting things. So, yeah, to that's talk the weird about. thing you say that because 
like having done so many interviews being interviewed not realizing how much the interviewer has to mold themselves mm. to fit that that conversation so Matt Everett obviously he does that for a living and how he has to maintain himself i.e. he is a a uh, celebrity of his own right mm. you know he has an identity so he has to ma- maintain that whilst being able to be the guy interviewing Trent Reznor, Tom York, mm. Jimmy Page. Did he do Jimmy? Yeah, I think he did Jimmy. But you know what I mean? Being able mm. to fit their pacing and stuff, which I found really interesting. But I think that was an interesting one too because you were both doing it to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because he is used to being an interviewer. And just like the back and forth, it, I thought was was enjoyable. And it was so conversational. That one frustrated me because we only had limited time. So this is, I think, episode six with Matt Everett, I think, or five, around that point. And, um, yeah, we only had, like, 50 minutes. Mm. And we were just getting into something when we were running out of time. The same thing happened with Danny Wallace, actually. Yes, yes, yes. We didn't have enough time. Um, But, yeah, it's quite frustrating. But it was odd because with Danny, I didn't realise we didn't have a lot of time until Mm. halfway through. But with Matt, I did. So there were a couple of points where I think I didn't go off on a tangent with Matt, which I should have. And right. it might have, maybe we cover less ground. Because you're cover more, more interesting aware ground. of yeah. the time constraints. What's interesting, that's kind of, and I didn't interrupt you even though I was thinking of it, was just like Matt Everett. I had no clue who he was. Mm. Which, that, Nothing. <laughs> like, there's, think... there's a lot of your guests where you're like, oh, he's this bigger, you know, this big guy. And I was just, oh, I never fucking heard of him. Mm. You know, it, not that that's a bad thing because obviously I'm American and I don't. Trump. <laughs> no. <laughs> but. Um, Make you scrape again. Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter a lot. I don't really keep up with a lot of <laughs> stuff. So even if they were big, I may just not know because You're I'm kind hanging, of in my hanging own. hanging out day. a lot on BBC Digital Radio. I am not. <laughs> I can say I am not. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting thing. I hadn't really thought about how um, I've, through Twitch and stuff, I've probably got more of a, American audience mm. these days. Hey, hey, Puscoms. Uh, <laughs> you rock, Puscoms. You know, but um, <laughs> that's kind of out of context. Hey, Puscoms. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, people are going, Puscoms, gross. That's his name. He's like the nicest person on the internet. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so through Twitch, I've got more American people. But through the Dan and Pip stuff, I'm more associated with UK like, mm. it's easier for me to hit up someone at the BBC to get them on than it would be for me to get... Like, I'd really like one day to get Jad Abumrad mm. from Radio Lab on. Mm. But I have no way of connecting with him. Right. Other than just blindly hitting him up on Twitter. Right. Yet, I could probably get someone of equal stature who's British just because maybe they've heard of me vaguely. Maybe they know who I am and and let me through the door. Right, which is kind of like the challenge is when you have asked some Americans Mm. that you may not have gotten a response or whatever. You know, obviously um, you interviewed Stoya, Mm. but, you know. And I was genuinely surprised she said yes. Mm. 
That one I over-researched somewhat. Yes. Because you've been a fan for years. <laughs> but like, you but, know, I don't know. I think I was... But obviously over. it's the approach that, yes, she is... She does porn. I think my but sexism... That's, but that's not where in. it ends because she is very smart. She is well-spoken. Like yeah. there's, And she is creative in so many other... Outlets, yes, a lot of them do tie to porn, but that's mm. not a bad thing. So I think you, you being a man, <laughs> interviewing mm. an intelligent woman who happens to do form, uh, form do porn, is an intimidating prospect. Mm. But like, yeah, this what what I meant by um, I think my sexism came in a little because I think I over. I was cautious mm. about like, oh, she's a woman and thinking of things like vulnerability and all that crap. And it's like, well, no, she's just a person like anyone else right. who puts themselves in the world like anyone else. So that's how she should be treated, which mm. was kind of interesting to me that, um, you know, I was surprised that she was willing to do it at her flat. And it's like, well, why everyone else says. Right. Like, the majority of these have been recorded in people's homes. Yeah. Yet, why was that then surprising to me? Right. But, yeah, that was interesting to me, too, because, obviously, we went to her apartment, and I, you know, I guess for me, overthinking things, as I do, like, yeah, I was... I wanted to meet her, you know, I know who she was, Mm. I'm a fan myself, (laughs) you know, and she's got really cool cats. She does. But it's like, I wanted to meet her, but I didn't want it to be like a, oh, my, my man is going to be in a room with you alone for two hours. So I'm like, you know, trying to have this establish my, that's what I was thinking. I didn't Mm. want her to think. I was just stoked to meet her. And, um, yeah, see your cats. <laughs> I found, what, one thing I found really weird was a few days after we left Stoyers, um, so way back when, in the, the Dan and Pip times, we did the video for Beat Them A Heart Skipped, and Nina Kate was in it, mm. who is Jane Doe Latex, who is a, a well-known alternative model. Yeah. Um, and obviously she has her own clothing line, Hollywood Villains, mm. And the latex line. Yeah, and her latex is rad. But, like, really cool stuff. But, obviously, been in videos. um, Was literally at Stoya's, like, the next day. Right, because Stoya's roomie is is a photographer. photographer. And it was just weird. I've seen that balcony. But within, like, a two-week span of time, you were both in the same spot. like, two (laughs) two days. It was, like, just a just a couple weeks. I don't know, time slid a bit after that because I got so ill. <laughs> yes, you did. Out yeah. of both ends. Of both and that's not, I'm not saying Stoya made me ill. I'm no, no, saying no. <laughs> that a, a weird piece of strip steak at a... Um... No, it wasn't because I got sick too, but I got sick after you got sick. So it was nothing we ate because we went to um, Lucky, Lucky Chang's. Chang's. Uh, Lucky Chang's is a like... A the... drag cabaret. Yeah. The Disney of drag. Yeah, but the thing is, they've been around for ages. Mm. And I actually went there because I previously married. I went there for my bachelorette party when I got married in 2001. Mm. Um, so it's been like 
an institution, <laughs> you know. It was before, you know, drag has always been such a part of New York City nightlife. Mm. Um, and, you know, they kind of came to fame, I suppose, even more so, or were more in the public eye with Sex in the City because I think, you know, mm-hmm. they went to Lucky Chang's then. But now with drag... You know, being so out mm. in well, the public, yeah, you know, so mainstream. Decade. You know, it definitely draws. I think a more varied, but not varied crowd. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like there was a mom bringing her like seventeen-year-old daughter, and who was it? Svetlana Stoli, mm. who was awesome drag queen that works at um, Lucky Chang's was just like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> we are filthy, we are dirty, but whatever. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we're not going to edit our show because you decided to bring your underage daughter, you know. Um, Dave, trying to get in on the pod. Is. What do you, why do you think that drag, obviously you've followed drag for decades. Yes. What do you, why do you think that it's been given room to grow that it has suddenly you know like drag race definitely cracked it open but does drag race get made because obama like in a way are we (laughs) when that race i could be wrong please feel free to drag me if i am but i mean logo tv Mm. on cable tv it was the first channel dedicated to lgbtq Mm you know programming shenanigans shenanigans and that's where drag race yeah you know started so it um that first season of drag race is terrible like it's good characters and stuff but it's still got a bit of that uh reality tv um aggression to it like you've got to tread on the necks of your competitors but the thing is that's even though it was on logo that was the formula Mm. you know and for to draw in any audience they you know again i'm speaking for them i don't know but they probably felt like they needed that yeah and then once people were just like, oh, this shit's fucking rad (laughs) you know what i mean like the transformations the creativity Mm. just the the ballsiness of it all. Um, you can't help but be drawn to it. Now, obviously, there's a whole bunch of motherfuckers that are have their own issues that mm-hmm. are so drag, but, like, drag to me is pure joy. Mm. Like, I've gone to a bazillion and a half different drag shows, and everybody there is laughing and coming together and just, you know, throwing dollar bills and cheering. And it's just a place of people come and they're celebrating joy. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. That's that's what I like so much about it is that it's just no judgment and... <laughs> Dave, Dave. So that sound is a a cat. (laughs) A twenty-one pound cat dragging one tooth across a wooden shelf, like a creepy stalker guy. So actually, put a dent in that. (laughs) Dent in it. But um, yeah, it's just unadulterated joy, Mm. you know. And I think you can't help. But be drawn into that, mm. you know. 
I, I suppose what, what I'm asking is, mm. like, is it... Does it get the room to grow because we've become a little more liberal, a little more open-minded to... I would say yes. You know, we we do progress even though these <laughs> these dark days... Dark would, times. Would, prove, ...would seem to prove otherwise, but there's, you know... So this will go out after the UK's political apocalypse, mm. you know. But I, I, I do think, you know, there... We obviously have a long way to go, and it's a, a growth process as ever. But I do think we have come mm. a long way. I do, it made me think of um, when I asked Mike Bithell if uh, games will ever be seen as art, and his response was, yeah, once everyone who thinks they're not art dies. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe is that the way we can Like, we, we get to have a nice lovely warm world once all the dickheads die all the bullshit falls to the wayside Mm, that's not me calling for the mass slaughter of republicans (laughs) or conservatives okay honestly Mm. can can you hear me wink (laughs) um mm. so yeah this yeah this talk about the podcast part because that's that's the tangential thing we're using unless Mm. you want to just talk about um uh, Justin Timberlake for a bit, who isn't the best member of NSYNC. No, I think, I honestly think J.C. Chasse. Is that a... how you say that? For some reason, I grew up thinking it was J.C. Chavez. No, it's C-H-A-S-E-Z. Chasse. Chasse. Or yes. is it easy? Cha-easy. <laughs> but, um, no, I think he was he was way... Better. I, I just think Justin Timberlake is a bit too nasally. And when I met him, he was still kind of in the like ramen hair. The ramen <laughs> his, hair. His hair face. looked like dry ramen when you crack it out of a pack. How did you get to me? See, this, that was a really poor segue into Andrew <laughs> telling these stories about NSYNC, but I just wanted to get them on record for uh, future generations, guys. Mm. So when I worked at <clears throat> where I pierced vanilla ice and all them, um, I worked with one of my best friends at the time. His name is Frankie. Um, he was a tattooer, and one of his friends ended up on the InSync tour. And this is like again back when they were one of the biggest bands in the world, and they wanted to get tattooed. I think it was Justin. And Joey wanted to get tattooed. Fatone. Joey Fatone, yes. Wanted to... I know more about NSYNC than I should, really. But the thing is, it's like, they put on a great fucking show. But I'd never been to a show of that size anyways. Mm. But I guess, you know, boy bands, you think that it's all pre-recorded shit and whatever. That it's more, you know, pyrotechnics and glitz and that... The actual singing and dancing part kind of is just all pre-recorded and you know what I mean? Like Yeah, dumb, yeah, it sounds pre-prepared, just yeah, shenanigans. Not those boys. Like the first time I saw them, and it was funny because Frankie um, ended up let me let me go back. So Frankie ended up going tattooing them, and then they asked him to join like their crew. Mm. So whenever they would come around, um, Frankie would ask people to come visit him mm. you know and a lot of people like oh fuck, you know t- 
tough tattoo guys and tattoo girls were just like, oh, I'm going to fucking Insic. I was like, I'll go. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, so I had preconceived notions, which were then obliterated because they were super talented and um, put on a great fucking show. However, <laughs> I will say uh, Puff Daddy, that's what he was known at the time, was so, shit. Poor Puffington Bear. <laughs> just You're so mean to him. He listens. Sorry, Diddy. Why is he back to being puffy now? I don't know. I, I can't remember. I don't remember. really follow. P. Diddler. Follow his journey. <laughs> <laughs> do you not? I do not. Do you not have a, a wall oh. dedicated to the Puff Daddy? Sean Combs's journey. Bad Boys Inc. I journey. don't. But yeah, it was just, um, it was not creative. At one point, I think he had just broken up with Jennifer Lopez and he was playing one of her music videos on like the Jumbotron and was just kind of like shittily trying to dance and just going, uh, uh, the whole time. And then he threw a rose out into the into the audience and I actually caught it and I gave it to someone else because I didn't want it because I was that, <laughs> just like... Did you make eye contact with him while you were giving it to someone else? No, I was just like, ugh. Fuck you, Diddy. I don't know. It just, there was no creativity. There was, you know. And like I said, he's he's an amazing businessman. And I'm not taking anything away from him in that way. Oh, yeah. Like, but as knowing, a performer. Knowing I the best just... ways to cash in on somebody else's talent and death is, is, is definitely a business skill. Yeah. That's required. Yeah. So what, um, what is it like backstage at a NSYNC gig? It's big. It's crazy. Um, I do remember, like, you know, I spent most of the time backstage with Frankie. So, like, mm. when he was tattooing you know, Joey or whatever, we just sit... For tone. Yes. we just sit back there and just kind of shoot the shit. Um, that's like when I did meet Justin Timberlake once and Frankie, gem of a person that he is, um, introduces me as, hey, this is my friend Andrea and she has a vagina tattooed between her tits. And then he just got real like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> And then moved to Montana. And then moved to Montana. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, there's obviously just a lot going on. So, I met um, Joey and I got along real well. Mm. He's just a funny, he's a really funny person. And um, Chris Kirkpatrick, genuinely nice person. Um, so, Chris Kirkpatrick's the one that no one knows the name of. He had the braids. Oh, and he had the really, really high singing Chris voice. Chris, cultural appropriation, Kirkpatrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But he was, like, really nice. And actually, um, Frankie and Chris became, like, best friends. Chris became the godfather to Frankie's children. Um, I ended up, because of that, I've spent time at Chris Kirkpatrick's house in um, Florida, that's when I got my hair set on fire by fireworks and um, got food poisoning and got bitten by a dog all within three days visiting. Good time. <laughs> was, Good time. It was. So, but anyway, back to like the backstage, you know, there's obviously there's the handlers, but they're genuinely nice people. I didn't see Justin much other than that time I was introduced as the girl with the vagina tattooed between her tits. Never met Lance. And then just briefly met JC. 
Um, but it's interesting. They had like a lot of, you know, people that would pay to have their children come backstage. Yeah, the uh, VIP ticket. Yeah, um, all that stuff. So they would do that stuff. Um, but mums chilling their children. Oh, yeah. Like there were stories of like, yeah, do you want my 16-year-old daughter for the night? And you can have me too. <laughs> Type stuff, you know, which was never taken up. Obviously, there, but just the fact that yeah, you're about to out the whole of insane. No, no, oh, no, yeah, no, no. They used good. to take turns. It was awful. No, it was never, awful. Never, never. I used to use my I camcorded it a whole lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, just some of the stories that I heard afterwards, and they're just like people are crazy, and it, it really was, you know, gnarly. Like one time. We were walking backstage, and Joey was with a whole bunch of, you know, like, younger mm. fans, like, teen. And he came away, and he stopped over just, you know, just to say hi, ask how I was doing. It was good to see me, yada, yada. Um, this was, so probably, like, 2000-ish. Mm. Um, and I had just actually gotten engaged and stuff, so he was, congratulations. Like, it was a nice, just a nice little quick visit. And, um... So he went back. He's like, oh, I got to get back because obviously these people had paid <laughs> lots of money to, you know, have photo ops and stuff with him. So he off he goes. And then Frankie and I were just like, oh, well, you know, we'll go basically sit in a room <laughs> until the show starts. And we had to make our way through the little gaggle mm. of, of preteen and teen girls. And as I was walking by, there was a young lady if she was 13 or 14, I would have been shocked. Hmm. Mm. Said, who the fuck does this cunt think she is? <laughs> because, and the thing is, it doesn't sound real because cunt is a big thing in America, especially for preteen girls. Like, cunt is like the super bad, you know, but I didn't even learn cunt until I was like older. Mm. And here's this preteen girl calling me a cunt, which is Worse than saying fuck mm. over here. And I was just like, oh. Shook. I was shook. <laughs> just because this little entitled little fucking twat. <laughs> because. Uh, She's all grown up now. She's probably in. It was probably AOC. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was really mind blowing to me. Because I knew what cunt was at that time, obviously. But hearing it from a young girl just because I had a friendly acquaintance and Joey hugged me on his way out that I was like, she needed to tear me down in front of her friends, which she did, which she did. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) that's the the truth of this is that you came away from that thinking, who who am I? She bested me. I fucking think I am. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So that, yeah, that, that gave me a window into the entitled youth <laughs> mm. of 2000s. So, like, this, to, to talk, arc it back to the podcast, this is the thing that I want to get better at doing, is drawing. I had to do a very ham-fisted uh, segue there to get the NSYNC stuff out of you. Mm. And that was because I find it really interesting. But... Like, trying to work that, make that happen with guests who I don't know, 
who maybe I've heard a little bit of a story, but I want it to come naturally. In the DJ Yoda one, there was one where I knew I'd heard this story mm. and I felt really disingenuous because I kind of presented it like I didn't. Right. And it's talking about him playing when he was playing in South America and he didn't realise he was affiliating himself with a particular gang by playing certain music. Right. And I just found that fascinating. Yeah. But, you know, getting those things to happen naturally. I don't know how, like, on other podcasts I listen to, like Ramesh uh, Ranganathan's and Pips and stuff, how they manage to do it so naturally. And I think some of them are just, they naturally come up, mm. you know. Um, but some of it is, obviously, you've heard a story and you want to you wanna eke it out. Now, is that you want to eke it out because it's a good story for your podcast, or are you also hoping that there's something extra that you might find out? Oh, some extra spicy nugget that extra. you get because <laughs> you're so much nicer than the last person who asked it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, when I research them, I definitely like listen to other people's pods, but then on more than one occasion, guests have been on Pip's podcast and... Stew's podcast or, mm. you know, have been on multiple people I know's podcasts. Mm. So wanting to avoid that because we've got, like, overlapping audiences. Right, and you don't so, want that repetition. Yeah, so sometimes there are things that I know are interesting to talk about, but I'll avoid on my pod because it's all been said before. Mm. But, like, weirdly, it probably doesn't actually matter, Mm-mm. you know. Because it's kind of the same thing, like, just like Pip or Stu kind of tweak and form mm. to interact with that person, that's going to be a different chemistry than you have with someone. Yeah. So. I'm thinking I might get all of um, Joe Rogan's guests on and ask them why they're white supremacists. That's a good idea. Because Joe Rogan seems to forget to ask that bit. He does. He does, weirdly. He does. I don't know why I felt the urge to pick on Joe Rogan again. <laughs> you know, I think it's because we saw the trailer to his... Uh, his comedy special. Like last year's one. It's like, oh, people are so easily offended these days. Do you think people are actually easily offended or... It's... <clears throat> That's... Very loaded question. Um, yes and no. But again, I can't paint it with one broad stroke. I think there definitely are people that are offended and feel more empowered in that they need to sh- they need to say, hey, mm. this offends me or I don't like this. It's fine. Then there's the people that... I don't know if they're offended as much as they see it as a personal opportunity for themselves to, I don't know, all the You're terminology. You're skirting like, around virtue signaling. That's, I don't know any of this terminology, but the like actually bringing it back to themselves, maybe not giving truly a fuck about what they're so quote unquote offended by, but they know that if they say a certain thing or do a certain thing, that people are going to kind of gather around them and give them high fives and social capital. I don't know these <laughs> terms. So I, I think it is a mix of both. And it's interesting to me because not only am I a big late 80s, early 90s hip hop fan, I am a 
huge comedy fan mm. as well, as you all know. One of our first I dates, I took you to the Comedy Cellar in New yep. York City. We saw the guy with the big penis. Saw the guy with the big penis. We, that was the time um, we actually, I got seated at the table because you were to my left. Yeah. And then I was seated and then Chrissy Teigen was sitting right next to That's me. That's right. On the front row. And Which uh, isn't any like celebrity status. It's a very small room. Yeah, it's tiny. And I'm just going <clears> to <throat> say, this was... So she was married to John Legend at the time. She didn't have her kids yet. And she was a fucking gem. Like, mm. she was so fun, so interactive, like, was laughing and, like, hitting my arm or slapping my knee. You know, like, at the end of the night, she gave me a hug. Like, never introduced herself. She was just like... Yeah, I didn't know who she was. I yeah. had no clue who, yeah. who she was, so... And I was like, I think, oh, oh, yeah, oh, Okay. <laughs> you know, but she was just like fun and boisterous and open, and she was a lovely person. Even mm. you know, we didn't really talk much, but um, yeah. So the comedy cellar is one of my happy places. I have to pee badly. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'll hit pause. I'll hit pause. Shall I? Uh, we're back okay. after. Andrea urinated <laughs> ten, everywhere. Ten pounds lighter. Ten pounds lighter. She just did it in Dave's litter box. <laughs> it's kind of weird. She looked at and me while she did it. The... Pulled the wall yeah. afterwards. Um, you bring up the comedy cellar. It's mm. one of the things that annoys me with the podcast is that people give me these opportunities to talk about things. Marcus Brigstock. That's yeah. one of the things I told you when he was talking about different venues and stuff like that. And all I could think of is the fucking comedy cellar and the atmosphere yeah. and stuff. And then you never brought it up. But like, because the way the conversations move, sometimes they don't, the door doesn't, the door only opens a crack, but also another door opens. And I have to make the choice of which door is more interesting to go down. And he has a very strong personality. Oh, yeah. And like so it may not be as easy to interject. Like, there's a certain element with, with Marcus where you feel like maybe you could just hold up cards with subjects on it and he would talk yeah. in in interesting manner about each subject. Yes. You know? <laughs> Which is, it, like, that's the other thing. Yeah, like, the strength of personalities. Mm. Like, Well, yeah, there's, there's definitely people, just me as a listener... I'm immediately warm to. Mm. And there's some where, you know, it takes me a little bit to warm up to, but once you get past, like, like Chipsel is, I really enjoyed that podcast, but the whole beginning the part. The first 10 minutes of that podcast were like super technical. And... Super technical. So I didn't really know who she was. You know, obviously I never will not know who she was, but just some of her personality. I've obviously heard her music. And all sorts of that stuff. But when you got past the technical and then just that got one more felt t- really structured as well at first. Yeah. Like, hey, I've got these questions I would like to ask. So I was indifferent <clears> at <throat> first. It was, you know, indifferent and then. No warm. offense, Steve. Wasn't your fault. But then it was like, as it got more conversational, it was like I definitely warmed up and really enjoyed Part of it. that as well is because I asked her a question that she'd been asked a thousand times and she had her thousand times answer uh, for what's chip ching. 
Well, chip, chip, do you know that thing, like, not a rehearsed answer, but an answer mm. that has been said so many times that it becomes, like, a little empty? But then just, you know, that's me as the listener, obviously. I can only speak from what I want to hear. So when I'm hearing that she's from some tiny little, you know, town and Strip where on. she's where she's come and how she got it, like, that's that's the meaty stuff for mm. me. She's out in, like, Melbourne at the moment. I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> like, from her tweets, it sounds like, yeah, no, nah, I'm living here now. Mm. No one no one tell the Australian government, this is where I live now. That's funny. Which is kind of cute. But, um, yeah, so there's, like, the instant warmth where you can just, like, Danny Wallace, you just hear him talk. Mm. And, like, that's the type of person that's that I'm his just, job as well. I'm just you know, he's, to. he's a radio presenter. He's a TV presenter. I did those, I did the Golden Joystick Awards the other day where I was giving out an award and um, Danny Wallace was the host for this award ceremony and his, like, you think the presenter, why just have to do witty quip in between each award? But no, he's got to, like, get the person on stage, Get there's a photo that happens. Mm. So you, you get them on stage, you get them in front of the podium, they do their little speech then you have to shepherd them to the actual giving of the award, the photo that happens after. And it's like hostessing, yeah. like shifting people around without ever having to say, you stand there, right. just with hand gestures, nods and smiles. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Professional. Let's just talk about Danny Wallace for <laughs> but, but then there's also, I'm not going to name names, but there's definitely people that I'm just... That I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> you fuck <know>? you. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, <clears throat> and that's that's on me, though. That's not on... The comedy thing. Yeah. So we talk, like, the offense thing. I do find, I think it's very much easier to show that you're offended with mm. online and stuff. But I genuinely don't think more people are suddenly offended at offensive jokes. The offensive part isn't the problem. It's how lazy they were in making yes. that joke. So I love horrifically filthy, horrible yeah. comedy. But there has to be, like, intelligence behind it. Mm. Um, you know, because there's, I mean, in today's world, so my son has Asperger's syndrome, which is now just high-functioning autism. High-funky. High-funky autism. Yeah. <laughs> um but to me, when I heard, and I can't remember who it was, it was on some sort of benefit show mm. for autism and related disorders, like a benefit. And the guy gave like a 20 minute long set about his neighbor's autistic son and how he's going to take him to Vegas, like mm. Rain Man. And like it slayed me was it appropriate fuck no no it's what i needed because dealing with a kid and trying to raise a child that's you know with a neuropsychological <laughs> you know yeah. divergence whatever you want to call it a, a non-neurotypical kid like it's fucking hard mm. <laughs> you know so to be able to laugh at it and this is just me speaking personally for me to be able to laugh at it was like the best therapy yeah for me you know 
And that's how I am with a lot of things. But I can see how people might not like that. Yeah. That that might not be beneficial to some. But that's the thing. It's beneficial to some. It's not to others. Yes, you can be offended, but then don't fucking support that person. But chances are, if it is beneficial to someone, it probably means it's not punching down on the condition. It, It probably means that it's at least aware that people are struggling and you know it's making fun of a nuanced part of it rather than actually just well again there's just like insulting people or Mm. there's like crafting a funny story that may involve some horrific topics (laughs) you know what i mean and that for me is it's it's my release. I don't. I mean, basically, you're my social life, and we see each other once every um, two lucky. to three months. But it's because I don't really go out drinking. I don't. I'd come out more if I had more patreons. <laughs> just just saying, guys. Mm. Just saying. But um, and you know, like when we first got together, I'm just been like, I don't have my son this weekend. I'm just gonna fucking take off and go up to New York. Mm. And go to my happy place, which was the comedy cellar. And they, yeah, like, it's it's good and it's horrific and it's shocking. And it's what I need sometimes to make it through mm. a rough time. I mean, just like Drew Michaels, that guy that has that bit on depression. Mm. I showed you... Um, where he's talking about how, like, depressed people are actually the quote-unquote normal ones and how it should be happy people that should be put on medication. (laughs) (laughs) And then he creates this commercial for pills for happy people. Yeah. And it says some fucked up, like, deep shit. But it's funny. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I think you have to... well, not you. I'm not telling anybody. What, but in order for me to make it through this fucked up world, you have to acknowledge the fucked up and poke fun at it. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> ask you some questions. Why, though? Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Answer a question with a question. Fuck. What was the most difficult podcast for you? Like... The Brickstock one, obviously, I was a bit more open about, like, former mental health issues. Mm. The ones where the mental health stuff comes up, because I've been ill for so long, that it's kind of weird. Because it's... I feel like I'm bringing shit up, and I'm super aware that think people might think I'm bringing it up for, like, a disingenuous reason. Mm. Like, hey guys, I'm really sad. Rate, comment, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. You know. Which we, could lead us on a whole other tangent of yeah, well, I, <laughs> stuff on Twitter and social media. Yeah, like I, I am really aware of, I, mm. I want to be honest, but at the same time I want to, I don't want people to think. Not to feel baby. Really dumb thing earlier. Like it's coming up on Black Friday when we're recording this and I wanted to. It's tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving today yeah. here in America. But. I uh, I wanted to post my Amazon wish list, mm. not because I wanted people to buy shit off my Amazon wish list, but just in case anyone saw anything, any of the things on it cheap, 
so I can buy them cheap. Right. You know? But I was so paranoid that people would think, even if I said, I'm not asking you to buy this, mm. that they would think I was asking them to buy it, mm. that I just didn't post the link. And it's just like, I overthink, yeah. basically. So those mental healthier ones are, are definitely harder. The one I found most intimidating mm. was Philosophy Tube mm. because he's so academically clever. Like, I know I can hold my own in conversation with people. Um, Dave is going wild <laughs> right now. He's, he's pissed because I'm not paying attention to him. Fuck you, Dave. If you could have meowed then, Dave, that would have been great. <laughs> no, said he just bit my arm. Get down. Um, but yeah, like, because of his academically smartness. Maybe he was episode six. Mm. And Matt Everett was five. I liked Philosophy Tube's episode, but what I liked most about it was that I started watching his videos, and his videos are Mm. amazing. And I think, obviously, you found ContraPoints through him as well. Yes, who I just adore. Mm. But yeah, his, his, I I just felt like I had to do more research on, and I I think... Do you think it's because you are a fan, too? Yeah, yeah, but... I think I've been a fan of everyone I've had on. Mm. So it's kind of not not too big a problem. I just mm. think I might have over-researched it in the fact that I was so intimidated by his big brain and handsome face. Yes. Next question. Next question. Um, in spending time and me dragging you all over pretty much the Midwest, the East Coast and the Midwest. Yeah. What's the most shocking thing about the United States of America? Uh, shocking. <laughs> like, like super surprising that you weren't expecting as much of or... It's, it's not really shocking. And I think I'd sort of mention it in the story podcast, but the fucking flags. Like, it's like a fetish. Mm. They have to be... I. I I don't understand what the American flag's purpose is outside a Toyota dealership in Michigan sort of thing. Mm. You know, I don't... Like, who is that for? It's like, well, we might be selling Japanese cars, but we're all American. Mm. And, like, I don't know... And they're everywhere. But I I know I'm British Mm. without seeing the flag. I know that's part of the person I am. It doesn't make me... I don't look at the Union Jack and think, because I can see it, I'm more British, I'm more patriotic, you know? Do you think it's just shoving the thought when you see the flag it's so closely tied to the American dream? That you're living, you're living in the land of the free where you can do anything. You, we're living in the land of the free where you can do anything. And when you, if you're in the military, you die. And, and they'll give you a folded up version of the American mm. dream, which you can then sell in a pawn shop. Which we did see. Yeah. That's fucking freaky. Like this, this folded up flag to mark your child or husband or whoever's death. Life. Has a value to sell to a pawn shop and be you 
Sold it to a pawn shop. You, yeah, that you. This is the land of the free, but you can be so desperate that you have to essentially sell, not a tombstone, but to a pawn shop. Yeah, like America's bizarre, like how poor poor people are. I know how poor poor people are, but how like blatantly fucked some towns are. Okay, Pittsburgh. The other day, mm-hmm. we're standing outside derelict houses up in I think it was Fairview we were in at that point Mm. and we're standing there on the hill looking back at a city with a billion dollar stadium and all this yet these there's people living in houses without windows Mm -hmm. it's like what the fuck how do we get to this point and I know we have poverty in the UK but I I just don't see that extremity well and the thing that America's really good at is the extremity in close proximity of each other like Baltimore. I fucking love Baltimore. <laughs> mm. I will say that. That's probably where we're going to be living um, when you move over. But yeah, having the Ritz Carlton residences with like $8 million townhouses, and then you go a half mile and there's the empties, the vacants in West Baltimore. Mm. And yeah, half a mile away. You know, even in Pittsburgh. Block by block. It's yeah. different. There's this idyllic, tree-lined, historic, you know, street. And then you go next to it and, yeah, vacants. Mm. just, yeah. When we were walking around downtown Pittsburgh, it was freaky how empty it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I got it on Sunday night. But when we were there on Monday night, actually, like, properly in the city. Mm. Like, there's, like, four people walking around. Yeah. Yet, if you squint, it looks like you're in downtown New York. It's mm-hmm. like, in certain areas. fuck? It, mm. it definitely, America definitely feels like a country that's pissed away a lot of resources and then given up and moved on. You know, there's a lot of cities we've been to that feel like they're never going to grow, they're never going to get any Harrisburg. better. Harrisburg, Harrisburg Pennsylvania. But at the same time, like Detroit and Pittsburgh, they've been thrown away. And yet people, what I love is people still come and they haven't given up. And they're doing little crazy startup businesses, making restaurants and pawn shops. And, Mm. you know, just blocks wide art projects and creating you know, art galleries like the Mattress Factory mm. in once derelict buildings. But those things only can only work once a, an area has been truly thrown away by uh, not the capitalist class. Once, right. once corporations decide there's no value in this, once landlords decide there's no value in an area, right. obviously that deprives that area greatly, but then leaves room for people with less money to do bigger things. Mm-hmm. The problem comes is when... Is holding on to that, the creativity, the fire, the newness, yeah. the, the genuineness of the people who have chosen when everyone else has abandoned to come in. Because once and everyone fixes that shit... Not just money, but their hearts and, mm. you know, into an area that then it doesn't, then Starbucks doesn't come in and be like, ooh, look at this artsy ooh, little neighborhood. This. this needs a Starbucks up in here. What did Starbucks steal? Cronuts. 
Was it Cronuts? Cronuts. Was it Starbucks? I don't know. But yeah, it's that thing of, you know, obviously these little these little areas pop up in these cities mm. and they become close-knit, tight communities. And then people are like, oh, look at what they've created in this shithole. <laughs> Let me get a piece of that, mm. you know, so... But then again, with that money comes, you know, hopefully better public works, maybe, you know. So it's just, it's a big mess. Next question. Next question. Oh, so much pressure. Last question. Last question. Even more pressure. Um, dream guest. Dream guest. Um... I can't say the one I really wanted because he's going to be on Pips in a few weeks and this will come out before it is. But mm. that guy made those cool movies and stuff. Mm. And him, I think he would be rad. And like seeing interviews with that guy, he's just one of those people that I think is honest and open and interesting. Mm. So not, I can't say him. Uh, Adam Curtis, the guy who does like, the documentaries, hypernormalization, does all the visuals um, for Massive, Massive Attack. Attack, which was the best show I've ever seen, pretty much. I just think his work speaks so much that I want to know him, want to get to like dig behind it a little more. Mm. But I know nothing about him, hmm. which is kind of interesting to me. How right. There's very few of the people I knew their work more than I knew of them. But would you hyper-research beforehand? And... Uh, I would have to, but it's I've watched everything he's ever made multiple times, so I don't know how much research I'd need to do. I've watched Century of the Self multiple times. Mm. You know, I find it really interesting. Mm. I find it super quotable as well, so I... And probably a big part of my intelligence comes from watching Adam Curtis shit. Mm. So, yeah. Um, but, like, honestly, there's just... The ones that I come away from feeling most excited by and, and interested in are the ones where they aren't massive fucking celebrities. Like, where it's someone just pootling about doing the thing they love and in the way that they want to do it. And the know. struggles that they face. and the... Yeah, like yeah. Lo Lone Lady last week just genuinely enjoyed the conversation mm. because it was someone, well, this is what I do without any kind of, well, if I do this and I... Like, I, I, if I release a video of every week and do this and well, promote you can just, in this like, way. The and... passion about what she does, like oozes <laughs> mm. from her without her being she's not like oh. self-promoting no she does a lot to promote herself but like i had never heard of her but after i listened to what you sent of me i was just like i want to hear her shit yeah <laughs> you know what i mean because she you can just tell i said i don't think this is a bad thing that she's like the artsiest of the yeah. creators, but not not in a bad way. It was just like she lives mm. her art. And 
like her being not, is creative. Not, like she could not not be. Creative. Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's, that's, that's what not, I mean. Yeah. yeah, that's not a crafted identity. Or no. Um, and maybe not dream guests so much, but I, I do definitely want to talk to more people in different art forms, like actual traditional chefs. art. Chefs. <laughs> chef. So a chef. I think a chef would be. Yeah, but like, yeah, getting into people doing a wider variety of stuff than we have so far. It's been, you know, we've had animators, we've had musicians, we've had... Game developers. Game developers. Comedians. Content creators, comedians. Um, You know, haven't had really much in the way of acting. Mm. So I'd like to go into that a bit more. Yeah. But, like, no painters or anything. So there's definitely, like, want to... Although the podcast has changed a little from the original thing would be that it was, like, a deeper dive into creativity, Mm. whereas it's become more of a catharsis between creators. Like, not so much focused on the creative process, but the human process that influences the creative process. Again, yeah, the less mechanical and the more why. But, yeah... So stuff and things. Yeah. And just more porn stars. Yeah. Just so you get to meet them and go, oh. Hi, Nikki Hearts. What's up? I don't know that one. <laughs> she's, she's great. I have to do some Googling now. She's great. So that's that. Yes. So uh, anything you need to plug? <laughs> <laughs> My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> well, did you enjoy that conversation? If so, smash that subscribe button and drop a scintillating five-star review. And don't forget, you can support this podcast 
directly by hopping over to patreon.com forward slash Dan Lassac. Enjoy! So there, there it was. Andy's a delight. She, she's the best thing in my life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for uh, everything, basically. Have a lovely Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Have a lovely New Year if you celebrate New Year. Um, hope you get all cool gifts and shit and stuff and all that. But yeah, this is going to be the quickest intro ever. I'll catch you on the flip, basically. We're going to be back like mid-January because we're going to take a little Christmas break. I should have said that at the start. I should have said that at the start. I'm going to edit that in. I'm going to edit that in with the other thing I'm going to edit in. Very confusing. Uh, <laughs> these things are so rambly. But yeah, genuinely, thank you for everything, guys. Thank you for spreading the good word. And yeah, I'll see you in the new year. Enjoy. <laughs>